0: Welcome to Tech Explorations Podcast Episode 5. This episode comes in three parts. In this first part of Episode 5, Peter Dalmaris talks with Richard Park. Richard has been teaching full time for 20 years. He currently teaches college level network engineering and is creating an IoT Explorations course for the coming school year. Richard also taught secondary technology education concurrently for 11 years. In these venues, the topics included coding, operating systems, electronics, and multimedia in addition to networking. Prior to his full-time teaching career, Richard was a Cisco Systems Network Academy Area Manager, an Apple Computer Systems Engineer, a Texas Instruments Technical Instructor, and an IBM Mainframe Systems Field Engineer. At Apple Computer, he designed and implemented the technology infrastructure for the Apple Market Center, a predecessor to today's Apple stores, and co-authored the Apple II Primer, Apple's first classroom teacher training manual. Richard holds AAS, BS, and MS degrees in electronics technology, radio and television journalism, and education from Southern Illinois University and Texas A&M University. In my conversation with Richard, we touched on a wide array of topics drawing mostly from his vast experience. He worked at Apple Computer for 20 years at a time where networks were open and unencrypted and witnessed firsthand Apple's foray into education. And he wrote the Apple II Primer, one of the first programming guides for teachers. This discussion reminded me of my first computer, an Apple IIe with 128 kilobytes of RAM. Richard was one of the first users of VisiCalc, one of the first visual spreadsheet programs for the Apple II, and defined much of how modern spreadsheets work. This knowledge was very useful when he worked at Texas Instruments and essentially revolutionized job costing. We discussed Richard's work at the Cisco Academy, where he teaches network engineering, and the course he's developing at the moment, an IoT fundamentals course. In this course that Richard is designing, he combines a Raspberry Pi and Arduino to teach IoT concepts by gradually building an IoT application. We also had a look at Richard's adaptation of the Raspberry Pi full-stack application, which is one of my favorite moments of the conversation. We talked about Radio Shack, Bill Nye the Science Guy, Mr. Wizard, breadboarding, and so much more. In this first part of the conversation, Richard talks about his background as an information technology teacher and maker. We get into a very interesting discussion about the first spreadsheet software and Vesicog and how it influenced the workplace. Richard also gets into his teaching work and projects with the Raspberry Pi. This is Tech Explorations Podcast, Episode 5, Part 1. The Tech Explorations Podcast is a podcast produced by Tech Explorations. My mission is to share the stories of makers and learn from them. I simply want to explore why and how makers do what they do. Let's welcome Richard Park and hear his story now. Richard. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you finally on the podcast. Uh, yes. We've been corresponding for a while now. Two but years. we've never <laughs> had the opportunity to, to talk. Yeah, it's been already two years. So it's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you today?
1: I am very fine. Thank you. So, well, <laughs> and happy to be here.
0: Awesome. And I understand you are in Texas, uh, in the US, and it's late uh, Wednesday. Um, around 11 June, o'clock at your end? June 5th. Yeah. June 5th on our end. So finally, our quiet time at the house, is it?
1: Actually, this is the time when I get everything done uh, <laughs> because nothing disturbs
0: me. It's a great time for...
1: And most of these things that we... Yeah, everything we have to do uh, and the kinds of things that, uh, that you teach uh, all has to happen. It seems like after midnight when there's time to think.
0: Yeah. The quiet, best, best thinking time. Well, would you like to take a few minutes and tell us uh, about yourself, a little bit about your background? Uh, you are a teacher and a maker, so it's a great combination uh, where I come from. Uh, I really love like people like that. So tell us about you.
1: Well, uh, actually, for the past going on three years, I've been teaching full time at Richland College here in uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area as part of the uh, Dallas County Community College system. And our specialty is computer information technology. and we teach uh, electronics technology, network engineering, uh, digital forensics, uh, cybersecurity, and a, a number of other things. Basic operating systems, A plus type uh, curriculum, and uh, within two mm-hmm. years, students can come in from ground zero, have an associate degree, and essentially they have a degree mm-hmm. that they can get a job. And I've been teaching in an adjunct capacity for almost twenty years. Uh, At the college, and uh, most recently, uh, full time. But before that, I was uh, in public education, uh, primary school, and high school, Hmm. and uh, teaching technology education. And and basically, that could range anywhere from um, uh, some electronics technology, languages, uh, ActionScript, Scratch, uh, to teach a little bit of programming. Uh, uh another program we have here called project lead the way which is engineering preparation and uh teach uh once again electronics and robotics and i uh had a uh when i was in middle school teaching there for the, about three years we had a uh, a champion robotics uh, team and uh we had eighth graders uh that were very very bright and uh they could do robotics and they were competing well we we uh we won on state level so that 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 was a lot of fun to do that so i've i've been doing that and then prior to that uh, i've been in some sort of teaching capacity but uh i i got into teaching uh when we well actually it's after the dot com boom i don't know how the year 2000 affected uh down under but um uh, Richardson is what they call a layer two town. And, uh, that means everything has to do with bandwidth and everybody was investing in bandwidth architecture in 2000. And, uh, I was with Cisco systems at the time. And, uh, then all that bandwidth had no place to be used. <laughs> all those things Waiting were not. For uh, if you recall that time, so what happened? Yeah, uh, <laughs> companies like MCI uh, evaporated. Uh, Northern Telecom uh, uh, evaporated. They weren't too far from our house, and uh, consequently, uh, I was part of the twenty uh, percent or twenty-five percent of Cisco Systems that uh, was. Uh, made redundant, and so I took, uh, the last thing I recall, I was the academy manager for CIS- the Cisco Networking Academy at Cisco, and the, I finished my Cisco s- certification for instructor training because I wanted to see what we were asking instructors to do as a, a manager, and so I f- finished my training on a Saturday, I was made redundant on a Monday, and I started a college teaching job <laughs> about a week later. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and so I had a certification. time to waste <laughs> So it, it just worked out beautifully. And uh, the, the, the beauty of it was I did not uh, have to travel 80% of my time, yeah. which is just uh, incredible because uh, we had to cover a lot of area. But before Cisco, uh, I spent nearly 20 years with Apple Computer yeah. doing all sorts of things, uh, but primarily education and uh, did the um, – uh, the first, you wrote a book. yeah, the first uh, uh, way back when Apple Computer was making uh, a, a black version of the Apple II computer called the Bell and Howell Microcomputer, and that was in education. Bell and Howell got out of the business, and Apple got into the education business. So I oh. started teaching uh, computer literacy with uh, computers, and I thought, well, we sh- we should do this correctly. So we wrote a book and. That was probably a first experience into getting into the hands-on portion of computers. It's changed as the user interface has changed over the years, uh, which has affected technology greatly. But in those days, uh, there weren't a great deal of programs. Uh, The only viable program that had come out in 1979 was a program called VisiCalc. And I had one of the first yeah. couple of yeah. hundred copies of it. I still have it actually. It doesn't run on anything.
0: So, VisiCalc was like an, an Excel oh, back uh, in, yes. the day, in the 1970s, right? <laughs> like That's our, right. The first spreadsheet, perhaps? It's, it's it must a, have been the first a, one. A
1: visual spreadsheet uh, like yeah. Excel. And uh, Actually, everything I know about Excel today, I learned from VisiCalc then because the principles don't change at all.
0: Yeah. It was a killer application for the IBM PC, wasn't it? Like it it made the IBM PC a real option for businesses.
1: Well, VisiCalc actually... Never made it in a popular sense on the uh, PC because okay. um, a, another product called Lotus 123 yes, uh, actually became thinking, the, yeah. the spreadsheet of strength. And then Lotus yes. 123 uh, migrated to um, the uh, Excel spreadsheet DOS. and the Microsoft mm-hmm. Office. So that's uh, the way the migration occurred then. But uh, it was uh, a time of great change in those days.
0: Uh, as you're speaking, uh, all these memories come back. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, then
1: the other thing. Oops, okay. there we something went away here. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, I'm just sharing my screen. That's <laughs> it. Yes. Except you, you have a green monitor. I had a white monitor, and
0: <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Arts. Monochromatic. Uh, well, monochromatic uh, a uh, green. Uh, I don't fluorescent know if
1: uh, <laughs> having an, an original two. copy of it will make me rich.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will be very valuable. That's for sure. So, but.
1: Uh, uh, But VisiCalc changed everything in those days. It it was one of those paradigm-shifting architectures. Um, I was working at Texas Instruments, and I created a a job-costing system using VisiCalc at uh, Texas Instruments. And before that, uh, job-costing had to be done on what they called green sheets. And green sheets were just a, a, a pencil and paper way of creating... A cost estimate for a training course or some sort of uh, engineering effort that you were trying to sell to a customer. And uh, it would take a full day to do a green sheet. And yep. it was a miserable process. And uh, But you had people dedicated to doing that. Then VisiCal came out and I did it on an Apple II, And it took me a couple of weeks to put together a spreadsheet and I could do three different estimations uh in about five minutes yeah and so i could take a three-day job and turn it into five minutes
0: ah, and
1: uh and, and what happened the clerks when we did when i, I my manager would send me home uh he, I, I carpooled so he would give me the keys to his car i go home run off some spreadsheets bring them back and he would be able to go to a meeting and uh he would uh then uh, you know he had these spreadsheets and we could cost things out and we could do things like uh, we could cost something out for the United States and then we could also put in uh, a 10-year cost estimate for something that might happen uh, 10 years later uh, in a foreign country and add in different overheads and other tariff issues. So the
0: complexity of the sheets increased a lot because of the capability like you could do things.
1: just arithmetic more than anything else but but the paradigm shift was we had people that would take uh a couple of days to do a screenshot or a a spreadsheet a a green sheet um to cost something out and now they had no job uh because (laughs) um i could do the whole thing in five minutes
0: so uh R- retraining. Uh, I guess back oh, in those boy. days, uh, like the the changes in the workforce that are so obvious today. You know, jobs moving across to China from the U.S. and service economies and globalization. All that had started happening with the coming of those new technologies and the the pace revolution.
1: Right. So that's how I got on with Apple Computer. Apple computer yeah. uh opened at one time uh, all of the apple computers were manufactured in carrollton texas which is not too far away uh and then now all of that eventually moved offshore uh which is a paradigm shift with the engineering workforce yeah, not being as great as it was offshore onshore and uh the plant closed, I think, in about 1985, 1986, but we used to, um, I think there was about 4,000 people employed in the area here, and then that diminished over time after yeah, the uh, yeah. uh, the plant closed. But uh, I knew something about our spreadsheet. I happened, Apple had moved to Texas. I happened to go to the Apple plant to pick up a product upgrade for my Apple II, and I met. The guy that I bought my Apple II from when I was with IBM in St. Louis, and he said, "Are you doing anything creative?" I said, "No, not not a thing." <laughs> he said, I, "I'm I'm back here. As far as I know, at Texas Instruments, I'm in between jobs at Texas Instruments, so I may not have a place to go." And he said, "Well, send me a resume." So I did, and two weeks later, I was working with Apple, and my oh. <laughs> because I knew something about spreadsheets, and uh, mm. so it, it was just that sort of thing. And then then I was able, and, to and that's find when you wrote the book, right? Uh, Yeah, it's called the Apple II Primer. Uh, It was published by Apple, but uh, it was in narrow distribution. (laughs) It it actually got published, but I don't know that it got distributed.
0: (laughs) It was like an early, oh, it was, not an early, it was an early early, uh, training manual for teachers. So it was like a, a teacher could use that book in the classroom. Correct. To teach programming. Is that what it was about?
1: Precisely. Uh, Basically, it was a uh, it was a survival guide for a teacher. It talked about how to format disks, how operating systems work, how to use computer programming. Of course, the the programming there was uh, uh, basic. Basic. And then we also had uh, Pascal, and actually there was a a C compiler (laughs) for the Apple II that was yeah. It was three three guys in an apartment. (laughs) <laughs> that had, that had uh, done that, and they became very rich, I think. But uh, that, that was the book, and that uh, we taught that, and, and that really established Apple in education in those days. Yeah. And uh, that, that was a lot of fun.
0: This brings back a lot of memories for me as well, because that was the Apple IIe. Yes. Uh, the Apple IIe was my first computer. I, or My father and my mother bought that for me in 1985, um, and uh, I still have it. Uh, it's in my cupboard. It works. I've got two disk drives, a lot of floppy disks, uh, the green screen, <laughs> the green fluorescent wow. screen. and Everything works. Uh, I've got an extension, memory extension board. I think I took it to 128 kilobytes, <laughs> uh, sorry, kilobytes yes. of memory. Uh, and I've got a dot matrix printer that uh, still works as well. It's just I don't have the, the tape with the ink. <laughs> So, but yes. it still operates. If I can get that, it will print.
1: <laughs> I may have some artifacts that might be of use. So I've, uh, I'm trying to think. What do I have for the Apple II? I think most of my software is Macintosh. Uh, yeah, but I,
0: I've, I've got games. Like my kids play my Apple II games: uh, Load Runner and Firefox yep. and uh, uh, the game, not the browser, as <laughs> <It's> game, <laughs> by the name. Um, where in the World is Carmen, Santiago, yes. uh, um, and lots of other games I, I can't remember the names of. But it's amazing how they work after all this time. The MIDI is pretty strong. I keep them safe in a dry and cool location. Right. But all that brings me, that's how I learned um, um, uh, AppleSoft Basic was my first yep. language, and I was picking and poking in the RAM locations with um, assembly language. Uh, and you know, my first contact with computer hardware was my Apple II because it was an open architecture, as you remember. You could plug mm-hmm. things in, remove the case, and uh, remove cables. Like um, uh, It was a computer that you were not afraid to muck around with. A little right. bit like the Raspberry Pi, right?
1: Right, you could take the lid <laughs> <It> was, off. <laughs> yes. That's, that's right get into it.
0: Yeah. Plug things in. Um which brings me to the Raspberry Pi. Yes. Open <laughs> architecture, right? Um, uh, and I know that you have a lot of fun these days playing with Raspberry Pis. Is also part of the course that you teach at the college. Did you want right. to t- 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 tell, t- tell us about uh, your um, projects on the Raspberry Pi, both like, personal projects but also what you teach?
1: Well... Uh- Right now, uh, I, I teach primarily tech uh, network engineering, uh, and we teach the curriculum from the Cisco Academy. Uh, and Cisco creates the curriculum and they give it to schools. and uh, you I'm sure I know you have academies in Australia, uh, you know, high schools and college, but it's it's free to public in, uh, institutions. and um, so I've been doing that, and our class loads. Uh, I've just been teaching the basic intro for a very long time, simply because that's the one, and mm-hmm. simply because it's uh, we have, well, let's put it this way not everybody uh, wants to do a career in network engineering, so we'll get very large classes at the beginning and then uh, they. Uh, uh, Oh, Window or the out. yeah, they, they yeah. filter out when we get to the next level because there is yeah. it, it. This stuff I, I tell uh, my students up front said this stuff is hard and yeah. it's boring, but if you happen to like it, it's not <laughs> because you're going to learn how everything works, and that yeah, and that's essentially you're showing what, what I'm teaching here. And there is another course, uh, you may see it come across here, that uh, networking programma- programmability is also of interest to what we're doing as well, if you saw that one in here. But I, I'm i developing oh, there you go. A, an IoT course, an, an Internet of Things course that uh, Cisco has a curriculum for that. There's actually four different modules, and I'm going to be doing the one with connecting things, and that's the one that primarily uh, makes great use of the Raspberry Pi and the mm-hmm. Adreno. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Boards to teach out there that said introduction to IoT is part of it, uh, and then yes, the IoT fundamentals. But um, I think the IoT fundamentals can be done in less than sixteen weeks, so I'm going to have time to add additional things. So I'm going to actually a lot of the things I'm going to take from uh, Tech Explorations, uh, electronics technology, uh, the um, uh, the components, uh, the the TMP, uh, 36 lab from the Adreno is uh, a project I've been working on simply because, uh, I, I can do a lot of the things that are in the Raspberry Pi full stack Raspbian course and take the, uh, the temp, uh, the TMP 36 analog, uh, temperature sensor and do the things, but it, 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 uh, has less, uh, Overhead. And so I, I can show things in a much simpler fashion. And, and some of the things that have yeah. uh, just drawn the pie, they're simpler to explain using the Adreno. The Adreno is just a, a wonderful thing to have around. It's just such yeah, a yeah. an easy thing to work with. So I'm going to expand the course and add different sensors. And I'll probably put in some sort of an abbreviated. That's, that's what I've been working on. That's what a lot of the uh, queries that have been coming back and forth. Uh, how things work, but uh, I'm kind of stripping out the uh, Raspberry Pi Raspbian course and doing pretty much the same thing, but substituting the uh, TMP36. So the project, the way it's working, I took uh, the uh, course that you're doing for the uh, Adreno, uh, oh, it's the first one.
0: I can't remember the uh, Getting full. started. Getting started, uh, yes. Step by step, getting started, yeah.
1: Right. And so it's it's got uh, the TMP uh, sensor project in there, and I can't find anything that's simpler than hooking up a TMP-36 to, to an Adreno board. It is three wires and turn it on. And book pro- <laughs> out of the book. <laughs> and then, then I discovered something. Uh, if I'm watching... That the, the way you monitor the results of that, you you monitor the uh, serial output of the adreno, and then I discovered well if that's a serial output uh, and it's coming out the serial port, it's probably it's coming out the uh, USB port because USB is a serial port. We don't think of it like that, but yeah. uh, in in my, in my day when we did everything, everything was called RS two thirty two serial, yeah, <laughs> and it had three yeah. wires. Tra- transmit receiving ground and uh you, you could monitor anything uh with that so i uh poked around and i found uh, i knew unix handled this and i found somebody that done a, a program that uh you know simply looked at the uh, tty ports on uh, the raspberry pi or the mac or the pc or what have you under uh well, on Mac, I just did it on the Mac under uh, Mac OS, which is Linux underneath, and I could also do it on the Raspberry Pi. But basically, I could monitor the serial port coming into the Raspberry Pi, and then I could capture that data and put it into a string and uh, make a list out of it. And then once I had it captured in a list, I could graph it. Well, then I just substituted the list uh, on the Raspberry Pi, and and I used the SQLite. Three uh, database and put the data in there, and then pretty much all I had to do was take all of the modules that you've done. I've, I've not taken it to the uh, full uh, end of the Raspberry Pi Raspbian course, but right now, if I want to put in another module, I just have to go in and edit out the things that deal with humidities, and I can read the, uh, the stream the that comes... Yeah. Stream is coming in off of the Adreno. and then and what I discovered that was also interesting that with that the uh, the Raspberry Pi Raspbian using the DHT22, uh, that is a digital sensor, and the TMP36 is an analog sensor, and I, I you know these are things you just learn when you do these things. Uh, and the, uh, Adreno will read the analog input from the TMP 36, but, uh, it doesn't work that way on the Raspberry Pi. So I'm using the Adreno coming through the USB port and I could put in, uh, three more Adrenos, uh, if I'm not using the USB ports. So and I could have Adrenos feeding serial inf- information into the uh, <laughs> Raspberry Pi. But, uh, if I could, I, I don't know if I can show my screen here, but, uh. Uh, I've got. uh, Hang on, stop sharing mine
0: so you can show me yours. So if I understand, right, as you are switching screens, uh, what you've done is you've connected your Arduino. Uh, which is the node that collects data from the sensor you connected to it, and then it's sending the data to the Raspberry Pi. Right. And the Raspberry Pi is responsible for either recording it in a database. Uh, I can see here your article on SQLite 3 running on the Raspberry Pi. But then you can also use its networking features and send the same data elsewhere around the Internet, which is probably a useful thing for your IoT course.
1: Right. So, if I can, can I show my screen here? Uh, yeah. So, if uh, there's I There's a
0: button down the bottom called share and click on that. Okay, uh, on share. The, in, the, in the Zoom, uh, in the zoom click on window. Share.
1: Yep. If I disconnect, just call back. Ah. Let's see. There's all of my screens.
0: Yeah. So, you pick the one that contains the thing that you want to show and it will pop up in my screen.
1: Uh, I need to find a browser here. Uh, Google Chrome, let's see if that will do it. Yes, yes. this will, will do Here it. And here's uh, the Tech Explorations podcast, but there's Lab uh, Conditions oh, yeah. RPI. <laughs> and cool. you'll recognize that that is, there's the three hours and six hours. And that's all, this is as far as I'm going to take it uh, simply because I need to start working on some other things. But at this point, all I need to do is edit out the humidities and your stuff works right in here, and of course yeah. I've I've altered yeah. the uh, uh, the uh, cascading style sheets. I've not altered them, but I've added them. I I found the, nice. uh, yeah, the yeah the skeleton was a little uh uh
0: the other framework that I used for the user interface. Yeah,
1: yes, uh, it, you it, can it's, always it's, modify it's that. It's good, but it's it's uh, complex. So, yeah. but but this works, and uh, you know, so I've also done a a. Favicon here with an apple in it, <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was yeah. a, a nice touch. And uh, nice. if I go here and just change that to uh, temp, uh, oops. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm using the same names and everything. I've just uh, essentially rewritten and ed- actually edited. I shouldn't say rewritten, but there we go. And I wrote my own style go, sheet current. to do that. <laughs> and uh i'm gonna when you I, i'm planning on doing putting all this into a guide because i would love to use the uh, tech explorations guides and uh use those my text for teaching this part of the course yeah which uh, I, I think it'll be worthwhile
0: that's all for this episode. Don't forget to listen to part two of Richard's interview, where we discuss his approach to teaching complicated subjects, mentorship and coaching, how Richard got into electronics, and lots more. The notes for this episode, that include links to many of the resources mentioned and information on how to get in touch with Richard, are available on our website, techexplorations.com. Each episode comes with its own page on the Tech Explorations website and a goldmine of information in the notes. This page also contains the video version of the interview. This podcast episode was produced by Tech Explorations. Do you have any questions or suggestions? Would you like to nominate a maker to be our guest? And of course, you can nominate yourself. Please email us at podcast at texplore.com subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for the name of our podcast, Tech Explorations. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next time.